0: الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد today's subject on this day of 25th of December which is celebrated as Christmas day internationally by the Christian community and other communities and it happens to also be the birthday of Muhammad Ali Jinnah the founder of Pakistan also the subject of celebrating christmas as a religious holiday as well as a secular holiday and commemorating christmas and giving greetings of merry christmas this subject comes about amongst muslims and is debated amongst muslims before going on to this what i wanted to uh, demonstrate before going into the core of the subject especially for our non-Muslim listeners is that a comparison of Sharia law, Islamic law and Islamic governance with secular law. If we compare the two, we will know that in Islamic law, Islamic law and Sharia law, which governs any country or which has governed any country, theoretically, at least depending on the ruler, is more suitable for religious minorities than secular law itself modern france if we do a cross comparison of modern france and how islamic law governs a country and religious minorities you will notice the reason why i give the example of modern france is because modern france is a secular government meaning britain is also secular but not the way france is secular because britain the the monarchy is Christian. the The queen it preserves the Christian faith. She's head of the church. None of this exists in France. France is totally secular. Religious symbolism is outlawed in certain places. Like the crucifix is outlawed. Jewish uh, religious emblems are outlawed in certain uh, places, uh, as well as the hijab. So a cross comparison between secular law and Islamic law that if Muslims govern a country and we have case examples precedents in the history of Islam where Muslims governed syro Palestine which is greater Syria and Egypt which comprised of a majority Christian population Coptic Christian population for over 400 to 500 years the majority of the people remained christian because the governance of the muslims benefited them by staying christian they benefited more they benefited more than the muslims themselves why was this because islam the governance of islam very rarely interferes in any community that is governed by the caliph the muslims allow those religious minorities to govern themselves according to their own religious laws and very rarely interferes in any law. So there are only a few universal laws in which Islam interferes like the prohibition of murder, but the Christians, for instance, were free to trade in pork in, to trade in alcohol to gamble amongst themselves. Many things which are deemed as vices in Islam were not outlawed for religious minorities or those who were non muslims in muslim countries in islamic history of course this does not mean it was a utopia Uh, the caliphate is never a utopia because as muslims we believe the world is imperfect leaders are imperfect uh, governments are imperfect and the application of the law there may be shortfalling uh, 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 shortcomings of the government and the muslim peoples themselves that they will fall short of the of the correct justice at certain times so for instance christians are permitted to ring their church bells in a muslim governed uh, a muslim Country, I mean, what I mean by Muslim country is a caliphate, a country governed by Sharia law, they are permitted to ring their bells. This is permitted. Unlike, for instance, in secular Europe today, Muslims are not permitted to give the Azan, the call to prayer, out aloud. This is outlawed. Even in the UK, uh, for the majority of the time, we are not permitted to give the Azan out aloud. There are certain prohibitions now what certain people sometimes they bring up is is it why are there prohibitions on religious minorities or religious groups to build temples and churches in muslim countries this again if you check a standard hanafi text like al-Abhur, you'll find by ibrahim bin muhammad uh, al-halabi rahimallah you'll find in this text he mentions that religious groups are permitted to build their religious buildings but he mentions a category of land which is known as which is mentioned as a sawad As-Sawad is a reference to the green pastures of Iraq so he was writing the judgment for Iraq around Kufa and these cities there are green pastures which were known as As-Sawad and he states they are permitted to build their churches and synagogues and other uh, Temples and whatnot. Why does he mention this because the law relating to buildings? Religious buildings is not that Christians and Jews and other religious minorities are not permitted to build their religious buildings. There are certain regulations. So like in the UK, we have regulations that if someone applies for a masjid to be built the council can reject the application there are certain regulations in islamic law those regulations are what that the area in which the church is built is a majority christian area uh, the example given by him of sawad was a a historical christian area that land historically the people who resided in that land were christians so the muslims permitted for them to build churches so this miss no man under misunderstanding that muslims per according to this narrative that islamic law persecutes minorities this is totally untrue even the jizya the jizya the verse in the quran which mentions uh that when they give the jizya they are belittled some of the non-muslims cite this to say look the minorities are belittled when they give the jizya the correct understanding of that Is that those who were warmongers, those who waged war and the state defeats them and they accept a treaty and they give the jizya. The Quran describes them as defeated when they are defeated. They give the jizya. But generally speaking, the non uh, the unbelievers of a Muslim society are, are not disgraced. The jizya is taken from them and the jizya is less than the zakat, which the Muslims give as a tax. So the Muslim population give the tax of the zakat and other types of taxes like Sadaqatul Fitr. The amount that the non-Muslims give is less than what the Muslims give. And if they refuse to name or they object to naming the tax as jizya, the Muslims can even change the name of the jizya. This happened in the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab when the people of Bahrain complained regarding the title jizya. So he changed the name. So if their churches, they can build their churches and synagogues and temples in, in with the regulations set out by the state, which is majority Christian areas and other regulations which are mentioned in the works of fiqh jurisprudence. They pay a tax less than the Muslims. They can govern themselves with their own laws, with the majority of their laws. So (coughs) unlike Britain, for instance, in Britain, marriage laws apply equally to all citizens. So whether someone is a Muslim or a Christian or any other faith or no faith at all, they must follow one system of marriage law. This is not the case in the Caliphate. Each community has its own set of laws when it comes to personal laws, inheritance, as well as other laws which they can govern themselves. This is why Muslim governance never affected tribes. If Muslims governed certain tribes, the the tribes will pay their jizya if they are even charged a jizya and they will be protected by the state and they are left to govern themselves for the majority of the things. The exception being universal laws. A fourth point to mention is that it is impermissible in a Muslim country, Muslim majority country governed by Sharia law for muslims to proselytize to christian jewish hindu minority uh, religious faiths to their to their children the state can and the the clerics cannot proselytize to their children this is impermissible in fact the non-muslim children are not permitted to even learn the quran they are not permitted to learn the quran they study their own religious texts This is unlike secular countries, so there are so many considerations to be given with regard to governance of non non Muslims by Sharia law, at least theoretically. This, of course, takes a wise ruler to apply all these various types of laws. Now, when it comes to celebrations, the non Muslims are free to celebrate their own religious celebrations. Of course, there are will always be regulations like In the UK, if someone decides to take out a religious march, a procession, they need council permission. They need uh, a permission to parade through the streets because they will affect traffic. Likewise, in a Muslim country, if Christians or anyone else wanted to celebrate and commemorate any religious festival, there are regulations, but they are permitted to celebrate. So this is not an issue at all. For religious minorities and all their rights which are given to them. And of course, this is a subject for another time. When we discuss Sharia law and the the amount of freedom that non-Muslims have it, it, some people mention, for instance, why were the non-Muslims made to wear Zunar? Some of the rulers would make them wear uh, outfits which would show that they are Christian. This was for their own benefit because certain laws did not apply to them. There's restrictions in Sharia law are upon the Muslims. The majority of the restrictions, not upon non-Muslims. So celebrations are permitted for them. But now the question, uh, the subject, the current subject is what is the legal status of uh, of non-Islamic celebrations, celebrations uh, which are commemorated in other religious faiths for a Muslim? What is the legal status? The legal status is prohibition for a Muslim. Uh, A Muslim is not permitted, for instance, to uh, commemorate Diwali. A Muslim is not permitted to commemorate Holi. A Muslim is not permitted to celebrate Hanukkah. A Muslim is not permitted to celebrate Christmas, all these various celebrations. This is the ruling for Muslims. They are prohibited. So this prohibition is what some people dispute especially when it comes to christmas with the other uh, religious celebrations the books of jurisprudence are very clear like Mahrajan and Nehruz these are persian festivals persian new year and other types of festivals the books of jurisprudence are very clear that these types of celebrations are not permitted and they mention that even exchange of gifts when they exchange gifts Muslims should not exchange gifts when these celebrations occur. One of the main underlying reasons for this ruling is the identity of a Muslim to preserve the religious identity of each faith. Why is this important? This is important that the message of Islam remain very clear and additionally, there is no compulsion in religion, so Some people misunderstand this by saying that there is tolerance by celebrating and commemorating the religious celebration of uh, another faith. But in reality, this is a type of compulsion where people are compelled emotionally to celebrate the religious uh, uh, commemoration or celebration of another faith when their own religious identity must be preserved Uh, this is one of the underlying wisdoms in the sharia for instance people ask why are muslim men permitted to marry women from the ahlul kitab jews and christians and the muslim women are not permitted to marry men from the ahlul kitab ostensibly this seems unfair to them but if they understood that the reason behind this ruling is because the Muslim male is commanded by the Quran not to enforce his faith upon his spouse. The Muslim male is commanded by the Quran not to enforce his faith upon his spouse. So if he marries a Christian woman, he cannot enforce Islam upon the Christian woman. She's permitted to celebrate Christmas and to uh, drink alcohol and follow the regulations of her faith as she wants, but this is not the case with other faiths Where, or is not guaranteed for Muslim women. When they marry men from other faiths, there can be forced conversions. So for this safety, the Muslim woman must demand if she falls in love with the man, she must demand that he become Muslim. But understanding these types of rulings is something inherently important for muslims today to realize that the ruling of the prohibition of these uh, commemorating these religious festivals is to preserve our own religious identity and of course the prohibition is from the quran and sunnah as i will go through the fatwa the verdict shortly but before doing so i wanted to mention some of the emotional reasons and some of the uh, reasons based upon base desire where some uh, muslims fall into the simple uh, dire warning from the messenger of allah وسلم, where he told us that that you shall surely follow the ways of whom uh, those who came prior to you min qablikum, and they said who are they are they the Jews and the Christians and the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu Said yes, of course. And the famous narration that if one of them entered a lizard hole, you will, uh, the Muslims will enter the lizard hole, following the ways of the Jews and the Christians. Additionally, in one narration of the Hadith, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu said that if one of them slept with his own mother openly in public, then someone from my nation will do the same. This is was a warning to the nation of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam regarding the future state of the 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 ummah the nation. And this of course occurred recently when Bahrain and Imarat UAE recognized the illegal state of Israel some of the The representatives of Bahrain and Imarat, when they went to the occupied uh, land of Palestine to Jerusalem, they stood on what the Jews refer to as the Wailing Wall. For us, it's Ha'itul Burak, the wall of the Burak, which is the wall, uh, the Western wall of the Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa complex, occupied wall. And they have some renovations being made now. The, the occupiers are making some renovations. The Arab uh, envoys, they stood on the wall and they t- uh, participated in the Hanukkah celebrations. So this is following the ways of the Jews and the Christians, which what is the legal status of people who commemorate other uh, religious ceremonies? Meaning the minimum is the, hurma, uh, the uh, that the prohibition of such actions that participating in the r- religious actions of other faiths is totally prohibited. So Muslims who join political parties like the Labour Party or the Liberal Democrats and they attend religious ceremonies when they go some of them participate in the religious semini- ceremonies, but those who are aware of their faith will not participate. There are people who are a part of these political parties and they do not participate in the religious ceremonies. So it's impermissible for a Muslim to do such things. But wanting to follow the ways of the Jews and the Christians in everything has made many Muslims lose the essence of their faith to the extent that even wanting to imitate uh, drinking champagne so we have non-alcoholic champagne so or we have non-alcoholic beer meaning because we are not permitted to drink beer alcoholic beverage and by the way some people they misquote the ruling of imam abu hanifa ta'ala, relating to nabeed nabeed was fermented drinks for any fermented drink other than wine which al-imam abu hanifa permitted for medicinal reasons and for reasons like which i mentioned at taqawi which is to strengthen oneself you can check this in the Hanafi works al-imam abu hanifa when he permitted this he permitted a small amount for medicinal reasons and uh, with conditions so some people misquote this from al-imam abu hanifa and the fatwa, the verdict in the Hanafi school is that it is prohibited. So the fatwa is not given on the statement of Al-Imam Abu Hanifa. Yet you have some reformists attempting to say that Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimallah permitted nabiith. Uh Yes, he permitted Nabeeth in small quantities with conditions. If you check, for instance, anam of a Shaykh Nurdin he mentions a taqawi, strengthening oneself and other conditions. You also check Radul Muhtar and other works of the Hanafi school. You will find this legal ruling, but this is how people misconstrue the legal rulings in any one of the four schools. So the internal conflict some Muslims face this internal conflict of wanting to assimilate what wanting to assimilate with non-Muslims leads them to permit certain things which otherwise they would feel left out. Meaning if they do not celebrate Christmas, if they do not drink wine, if they do not drink champagne, if they do not drink beer, if they do not participate in certain uh, ways of non-Muslims, they would feel left out in, in society. This is a human condition that we face. Some of them would go as far as permitting the LGBT flag, so you have the the LGBT flag, which would be haram uh, at the, the minimum to display and to hold and wave. But now you have countries like Qatar, uh, which which have accepted the LGBT flag for the FIFA International Games in I think in 2022. But likewise, you will have individuals who will adopt the LGBT flag. And the Messenger of Allah, foretold this in a Hadith that in the end of times, people from his nation, they will be what? A man will conduct a wedding ceremony with a man, meaning this certain people will permit this. Do not be shocked. There are people permitting all sorts of things today. Eventually, they will permit a man marrying a man and a woman to marry a woman. And regarding them, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, gave warnings that when that occurs, there will be the descent of والحمرا, the red wind that shall come down, that shall punish them. This sign has not occurred yet, but we may see this sign occurring in the coming years, maybe very quick, seeing that even a country like Qatar has accepted the LGBT flag. so. This issue of commemorating and celebrating Christmas. Is this something new and that the previous scholars were unfamiliar uh, regarding it? The answer is no. They did give fatwa. They did give a verdict regarding it. For instance, Al-Imam Jalaluddin Abdul Rahman Sayyuti Rahim Ta'ala, a Hadith scholar and a renowned jurist of the shafi'i school who passed away in the islamic date of 911 he wrote a book commanding people to follow follow the quran and sunnah and abandon ibtida innovation he rahimallah ta'ala he gave a verdict on christmas And the verdict is here. I have the verdict with me. I will cite some of the passages uh, of this verdict. Was the basis of the verdict regarding disbelief of those Muslims who commemorate Christmas? The answer is no. So uh, recently someone has been forwarding a fatwa by a prominent uh, da'iyah, caller to Islam, stating that when someone says merry christmas it does not entail kufar which is correct because the christmas is in reference to the birth of jesus Sayyidina isa a.s. and mary just means a, a happy christmas meaning a a joyous uh, state with regard to the birth of isa a.s. and the fatwa stated that this does not allude to disbelief of those muslims who state as such that is correct the the fatwa is not a one of disbelief the fatwa given by the likes of al-imam jalaluddin suyuti ta'ala is regarding a prohibition of celebration of this festival of bid'ah because bid'ah according to the majority of the fuqaha jurists has five legal rulings the the most severe of them being hurma of haram. If it's kufr, it it doesn't fall under uh, uh, bid'ah. It's kufr, meaning it's out of the fold of Islam. The person is out the fold of Islam. But bid'ah is a severe ruling. Meaning the the ruling of bid'ah is ruling of haram. So he mentions the day of Christmas in his fatwa, where he says. What many of these people do during the winter days. They claim during the winter days this is the birth of Isa. Of course, this claim is incorrect because we know the origins of Christmas are pagan, it's a Nordic celebration. Uh, the, Vikings and others would celebrate after the uh, winter solstice on the 21st of December. The shortest uh, daytime hours in the in the year, the opposite of the summer solstice, and then they would celebrate the elongating of the days on the 25th of December. This is well known, and it is well known also that Isa was not born on this day, and this shows the Incorrect verdict of those scholars who state that this is the date of birth of Isa Alayhi salam. This is incorrect and if they say That when the messenger of Allah وسلم, entered Al-Madinatul munawwarah He observed that the Jews was were fasting on the 10th of Muharram And when he inquired السلام, why they were fasting he was informed that they are celebrating, the or thanking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the Exodus. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wa wasallam said, "Nahnu aula bi Musa," we have more right to Musa alayhi salam. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wa wasallam fasted on the tenth of Muharram, but added an additional day. So the Muslims would fast on the ninth and the tenth, or the tenth and the eleventh. Why? To oppose them. This Hadith, there are two things to note. Number one, the 10th of Muharram is the actual date of the Exodus. Unlike the claim that Isa was born on the 25th of December, which is incorrect. So the Messenger of Allah affirmed that he he confirmed the fact that Musa and the Bani Israel the, the exodus, the event occurred on the 10th of Muharram, the drowning of Fir'aun. But at the same time, he opposed the Jews in the method of fasting by adding the 9th of Muharram and the 11th of Muharram. So, this shows that even if Christmas Day was the actual date of birth of Isa, which it is not, the Muslims, if they were joyous regarding the birth of isa they would do it totally different to the christians but the fact historical fact remains it is not the date and it is in fact a pagan f- festival so he states ma yusna'u fi min additionally many uh, uh, prohibited acts or abominable acts are carried out in this day Mithlu wa like they light candles so he states this from the munkarat from the bid'at from innovation in religion bid'a bid'a munkara rejected bid'a sayyi'a wa and they buy candles and then they light these candles nasara taking the, these dates of birth as a seasonal thing is the religion of the Christians who are so Christmas he states is a a Christian religious affair there is no basis for this in the religion of Islam that there is no mention of this in the in the time of the pious predecessors the origins of this is taken from the christians he states uh, uh, what is added onto this is the fact that it's winter time and when it's winter time uh naturally people like uh lighting fires so It's when you see these pictures of Santa Claus and the snow, and then the fire is lit on the 24th of December and the 25th of December. This adds a natural inclination to such things. This is why people find a natural inclination to a Christmas tree, especially in the northern hemisphere. When we have shorter days and it gets dark and you see a Christmas tree and the nature likes this mean the nature of a human seeing fire in the darkness and in the cold because of fire gives light and it gives warmth. So this is the natural inclination people have towards this, but he states that this is bid'a, innovation. He mentions other things and remember Easter eggs. For instance, Easter eggs symbolize the the resurrection of Christ, so they claim that jesus was crucified and then rose from the dead we as muslims believe he was raised without crucifixion he was raised Isa, salam without crucifixion so when they claim that isa salam was resurrected from the dead the egg symbolizes this so what is the ruling on easter the answer is prohibition So if people bought Easter eggs and started sharing Easter eggs, no one will say chocolate is haram. The the verdict would sound ridiculous. The symbolism is haram. The symbolism of the, the egg symbolizes the resurrection of Christ. But no one is saying chocolate in itself is haram. Likewise, no one is saying candles in themselves are haram or a father Christmas hat in itself is haram. The symbolism it represents. Causes the hurmah, the prohibition. The prohibition is based on the symbolism, like a crucifix symbolizes towards the Christian faith. There is certain symbolism which is prohibited. Now, the proofs he gives various uh, of his istidlal meaning uh, legal inferences, uh, the standard uh, uh, proofs like من منهم, whoever imitates the people he is from amongst them. Now, the imitation here is in reference to that imitation. There are those things which would be khilaf awla, meaning it's better not to imitate, but there is no sin. But the imitation of prohibition are those things which relate to the religion of other faiths. This is why if Pakistan opens the Sikh temples and allows the Sikhs in and benefits from the Sikhs and allows the Sikh minority in India to have freedom of religion, which is fine, absolutely fine, according to our faith. It does not mean that we as Muslims participate in their festivals. We give them the freedom to build their temples in Sikh areas with the legal parameters set out in the books of jurisprudence but we ourselves do not participate in their festivals we allow all the minorities to carry out their festivals but we do not participate in their festivals and likewise they do not participate in our festivals we do not coerce through emotional blackmail minorities to participate in ramadan or eid no they carry out their own religious festivals. We carry out our own relig- religious festival. This is why Islam is more realistic than secularism. Secularism is based on a fakery, a deception, that th- the groups from various faiths will pretend to venerate and respect one another, but it, in reality, they do not believe in the faith of one another. So there, it's, it's a pretense, an act. But Islam is realistic. It allows people to carry out their convictions. A Sikh, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Christian, a Jew are all permitted to carry out their religious convictions as firmly as they want. They worship what they want. They do what they want. And for the majority of things, they follow the law that they believe in. The state does not interfere and the Muslim carries out his convictions. But when it comes to worldly things, they deal with one another. They have good dealings, which is ta'ayush, living amongst one uh, as communities. This is reality. This is how Muslims, Muslim societies were formulated. But secularism enforces a fake, uh, a fake assimilation of the faiths where a Sikh will not believe in the Muslim faith and a Muslim will not believe in the Sikh faith, but the the fake respect that they may uh, re- represent is not really from the heart, but Islam is more realistic in with this regard. So the the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prohibited Muslims from taking up the religious signs of other faiths. Whoever imitates a people he is from amongst them. And what he mentions Leysa minna man tashabbaha this is a hadith also uh, narrated by imam tirmidhi minna man tashabbaha he is not from us the one who imitates other than us do not imitate the jews and the christians in what things in religious aspect for instance the Barneta, if someone wore the hat of the jews this is a religious symbol for them. Or the locks of the Jews. These are religious symbols for them. We are prohibited to imitate them in that regard. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, also said, That opposed the disbelievers, the polytheists, meaning in those religious symbolism. In their religious symbolism, or that which is peculiar to their communities. Do not imitate them in that regard, leave that to them. They have their own identity and Muslims have their own unique identity. This is uh, the essence of Islam. Additionally, Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he states, do not enter, do not enter their temples do not participate in their religious festivals do not participate in their religious ceremonies how beautiful is this that in cities like jerusalem the muslims preserved the church of the sepulcher a sepulcher where the christians believe jesus was crucified but the preservation of the church was done by muslims that sayyiduna umar did not pray inside of the church what he prohibited, why did he say do not enter? He himself entered the church. He was prohibiting taking part in the ceremonies. Do not take part in their ceremonies. So if you send your children uh, school or to other places, do not allow them to participate in the c- ceremonies. So when Sayyiduna Umar anhu went, he it prayer time entered and he intended to pray. But he did not pray in the church. He prayed outside the Christians inquired as to why he did this. He said, if I prayed inside of the church, future generations of Muslims would take over the church. So he prayed across the church and the Muslims built a masjid there, which is still there, known as Masjid of Sayyiduna Umar an. There are two masajid. One is in Bethlehem, one is in Jerusalem. The one in Jerusalem is where Sayyiduna Umar an prayed. So. Then he placed a a custodian of the church, a Muslim custodian. That Muslim custodian, he was the one, two of them. They had the permission from the Caliphate to open the church and close the church. To this day, their descendants are the custodians of the church, meaning the Muslims preserved the uniqueness of Christianity in that region. Likewise, the Muslim governance preserves the uniqueness of those faiths and leaves them to practice their own faith but it also preserves the true faith which is islam and prohibits its followers to entertain any commemoration of other faiths uh, or their celebrations so likewise al-imam jalaluddin al taala. He presents other proofs for this. One of the proofs he mentions, la yashaduna zura, in the Quran, Surah al-Furqan, meaning a description of the believers. la azur." Those who do not observe azur. This word azur, regarding it, the commentators like Mujahid, al and al rabi bin Anas, uh, he, they state, "Huwa mushrikeen, It is the commemorations the celebrations of the polytheists. So he applies this to uh, the celebration of Christmas also. So therefore, this statement that by Muslims saying Merry Christmas, the prohibition is based on this entailing disbelief that is incorrect. The prohibition is not based on that. The prohibition is based upon imitating them in those things which are unique to their religion to the extent that when the messenger of Allah confirmed the fast of the Jews on the 10th of Muharram, the method of the Muslims fasting was changed. The Muslims fasted for two days, but the celebration of Christmas is a pagan festival, which the Roman Empire then adopted and declared as the official birthday of Jesus. But many historians will tell you that this is inaccurate. It is inaccurate that Isa Al-Salam, was born on the 25th of December. In fact, many of the facts that they mention in the uh, nativity are incorrect and they oppose the teachings of Islam. An example in the Sunan of Imam al-Nasa'i on the night of al-Isra al miraj when the Prophet was in the night journey, he descended. The burak descended. The burak was a metaphysical being uh, from the metaphysical realm, from the barzakh realm. And when he descended, Jibril requested for the Prophet wasallam to pray, and he prayed in a garden. When he finished, he inquired, "What was this garden?" The uh, meaning: What was the significance of this place? Jibril alayhi said, "This was the birthplace of Isa الصلاة, In Beit Lahem in Bethlehem. Now, the church of Nativity was was constructed at that time, but the Messenger of Allah وسلم, did not descend in the church in the church of the Nativity. The church of the Nativity is in a different location near the same Masjid, masjid another Masjid called Masjid Omar in Bethlehem. But the Christians had taken the the wrong location as the, the birth place of Isa a.s. Now, if a Muslim goes to the Church of the Nativity and attempts to pray two Rakaat uh, of uh, supererogatory prayer. nawafil, would he be permitted? The answer is no why would he not be permitted because that is not the actual location of the birth of israeli salam additionally the church has uh, m- uh, many symbol uh, has symbolism which is disbelief kufar for us polytheism for us and thirdly Sayyidina umar did not pray in the church he prayed outside so the messenger of allah وسلم, descended in a different place and that the Church of the Nativity was not the place where the Messenger of Allah descended. Likewise, with Christmas Day, the Christians have the date wrong, And for Muslims to believe this is the actual date, they fall into error also because the the celebration of the Christmas Day is a Nordic celebration. There are other uh, factual historical, uh, historical errors that the Christians make like ascribing Joseph as the husband of Maryam at the time of the birth. This is incorrect, historically incorrect, even though perpetual virginity is uh, something debated amongst Christians. Muslims see no problem uh, with the fact that Maryam may have got married after or may not have got married after. This is an area that we have no information regarding, but the fact that the virgin birth happened and she was not engaged to a man called Joseph at the time is not found in the Quran. It's not found in the Ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wa So this is the legal status of of Christmas. Before finishing, I wanted to cover two additional things with regard to Saudi Arabia and also with the common word. So uh, Sayyid Habib Ali Jifri has given a verdict which people are sharing, which mentions the reasoning behind permitting saying Merry Christmas, not the celebration of Christmas, just stating Merry Christmas. He accepts the fact that previous scholars prohibited this, but where the statement is incorrect is where he reasons by saying the reason for prohibition, the, the underlying of the prohibition is that this entailed disbelief. This is incorrect. It was because of the Tashabuh, the imitation of the Jews and the of the Christians in this specific scenario. Additionally, a common word document which is found online also has the names of many esteemed scholars, a common word uh, document which com- which gives the impression or is being uh, what is being stated is that these scholars are giving uh, the the uh, they are giving uh, their regards with regard to Christmas. But there is no such thing in the statement. They give the seasons greetings. I meaning the new year is mentioned, but there is no uh, the wording Merry Christmas. Is not in the document, the documents in English. But even if it is found, the common word is an initiative launched by Jordan and which is totally unreliable because in the past there have been names of scholars on the common word documents and later on when those scholars were informed they recanted or they said that their names were placed on those documents without permission. There are a few notable names. Additionally, the teachings of those same scholars contradict what is found in the common word agreements. So there are names of people who agree with those type of teachings. The likes of uh, Dr. Tahirul Qadri who agrees with certain aspects of those common word agreements. But there are also names of other scholars that it contradicts their teachings. If you check their works and you check their lectures, there is a clear contradiction uh, with that with moving on to so i would say this fatwa is mistaken and to for anyone to say that saying merry christmas uh, is permitted they are wrong in stating this the works of fiqh uh, uh, make it very clear that these things are prohibited in our religion with regard to saudi arabia certain people especially salafis they took exception that why do you target saudi arabia but you do not target pakistan and turkey this is incorrect if you follow my lectures where there is criticism of pakistan i have given immense criticism with regard to the constitution of pakistan which claims to be an islamic republic there is an obvious contradiction between republic and islamic it's a contradiction of terms you cannot have a republic and then be islamic And the Constitution, I have mentioned numerous times that the Constitution needs reform and there are many Islamic laws that are not correctly applied in Pakistan. I have stated this on numerous occasions. I have criticized numerous leaders in Pakistan. Likewise with Turkey. I have criticized Ataturk. I have criticized even the current President Erdogan in certain policies on numerous times. So for Salafis to fall into this belief that I only have an axe to grind against Saudi Arabia is incorrect. If there is any criticism of any Sufi scholar or Ashari scholar, that criticism must be stated. A person cannot be partisan that because we are Ashari's Sha'ira, we will, will not criticize our own fellow Ashairah scholars who make mistakes like the recent fatwa bin bayah uh, with regard to Israel, uh, the occupation of Palestine and the, what they refer to as normalization. Even this term normalization is wrong. It is as if to say those who, who do not make peace with uh, Israel are not normal. Their state is uh, their, their absence of normalization is abnormal. As if to say those Muslims are being abnormal. So criticism of Bin Bayya or criticism of those ascribed to Ashari Creed should be made if they make those mistakes with regard to issues of principle. So it's not a matter of the fact that Urdu and Imran Khan are Sufis and therefore they will not be criticized or the King of Morocco is a Sufi and therefore we will not criticize anything that is wrong and which goes against principles like this uh, uh, for instance the king of Morocco recognizing the state of Israel so with Saudi Arabia the, the reason why I made an issue is that and again I would make another thing clear the scholars inside of within the kingdom of Arabia the Saudi kingdom they are not being criticized because I know the the state of affairs in the middle east if those scholars speak up they could be they could endanger their own life and the life of their families this is the state of the uh, the violent behavior of the middle eastern rulers that those who criticize them could be jailed or killed so this criticism is not the, not a criticism of saudi scholars within saudi arabia it was regard to our residential salafis the likes of Abu Khadija in Wright Street, that for years, like uh, a rabid individual, you have uh, attempted to disgrace those who commemorate the Mawlid. Why do you not at least condemn these actions within the Mamlaka, within the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, where they permit Halloween now and they also permit Christmas? not Christmas for minorities. If Muslims want to go and uh, commemorate Christmas, they permit that, but they outlaw the Mawlid of the Messenger of Allah, some people said they permitted the policies relating to the Sufis have not changed. So the policies women uh, with regard to women uh, have changed the policies relating to concerts in Jeddah have changed the policies where non-Muslim Singers can come and, uh, and, and naked women uh, or partially clad women can sing in front of a live audience in the mamlaka in the kingdom. Is all permitted. Uh, a blind eye is turned to people drinking alcohol. The hudud punishments are done away with, the corporal punishments. The mamlaka deals in riba in uh, usury and interest. Like Turkey and Pakistan, there are many uh, things, but at the same time, there is a harsh policy. Toward the Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah that when they visit the the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi they are termed as polytheists, as mubtadi'in, innovators. So people are turned away from visiting the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi as if they want us to turn away from the the person of the Prophet sallallahu not to visit his grave, not to have any association, not to do his mawlid. Yet they promote vices in the kingdom like drinking alcohol, uh, the, uh, the concerts, and all these various vices which are commonplace now in the Mamlaqah. Where is the voice of Abu Khadija? Where is the voice of Spubs who claim to follow the Quran and the Sunnah? Where is your, uh, your policy of speaking in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah now? This is not an address to the scholars of Saudi within the Mamlaqah because they can endanger themselves. There is no obligation on them if they speak. It's from their own piety or perceived piety. But if they do not, they uh, they are excused. But our residential Salafis have no excuse. So this is the context of that. And with regard to Pakistan or Turkey, if the difference between Pakistan and Turkey with regard to the Middle Eastern Arab nations, is that if in Pakistan, the, the ulama are more vocal than any other country. The Pakistani ulama have more freedom to speak than any other Muslim country that they can speak. They can mass. They can amass huge crowds and speak against the government. They speak on the Uyghurs on the Uyghur Muslims because Pakistan has good cooperation with China. The the Pakistani Ulama have been very vocal in criticizing the Pakistani government, even though I can present a solution in regard to this with regard to the Uyghur people. What is the solution? The Pakistani government, all they need to do is. Talk to China with regard to the Uyghur Muslims. When they talk with the Chinese government, they can have the uighur muslims have pakistani nationality the pakistani nationality can be given to uighur muslims and uighur muslims can be transferred from their homelands in china into places like kashmir in kashmir we have plenty of open land uighur muslims can live in our kashmir so there are many ways of resolving that problem also but Never can anyone say that the ulama are not free to criticize the government in Pakistan. This is not the case in the Middle East in any Middle Eastern country. So these were a few of the things which I wanted to mention. Someone mentioned to me with regard to Amir Khan the boxer that Amir Khan. They said he made a video say uh, where he gives Christmas gifts to his uh, daughter. Uh, saying that those Christmas gifts are from Santa Claus firstly this is deception but it's why is it deception uh, making your daughter believe that Santa Claus actually exists when there is no such entity as Santa Claus in fact Santa Claus has its origins in Nordic tradition even though they name Santa Claus after a a, a a Christian Saint who was born in Turkey the the concept of the idea is from from the Nordic tradition from pagan traditions so I would like to say Amir Khan uh, stick to your boxing but do not talk with regard to religion leave religion to its experts uh, uh, meaning you have a glass chin when it comes to boxing Uh, your glass chin will exist also in the religious field so uh, do not take that personally in any way or form so uh, these were a few of the considerations that I wanted to mention with regard to Christmas and Christmas in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that there is no normalization with Israel among, with more Muslim countries, Muslim majority countries. And we also pray that the Muslims realize that these bid'at innovations and remember Jalaluddin Suyuti. Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he condemns bid'at in his work. Yet he wrote a famous fatwa permitting the Mawlid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is a scholar, an Egyptian scholar who passed away 500 years ago. And he stated that commemorating celebrating Christmas is prohibited. It's a bid'at. But the maulid is permitted, and he wrote an entire fatwa, which is contained in al-Hawi lil-Fatawi, his work. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He shows the truth and make us recognize the truth, and we should all make the dua. Allahumma Rabbi Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Igfir li zambi wa adhi b ghaiza qalbi wa ajirni min mudillat al fitni ma ahiy tania Jalali wal Ikram.